On this episode, we take a look into the recent news from Ocean Builders, where they debuted their signature series as well as their Ecopod, Floating House. We also have a nice discussion with the viewers and fans about building an underwater habitat and what all that entails. Welcome to Colonize the Ocean podcast, where we discuss oceanic colonization, exploration, and education with your hosts, Adam Jewell and Brendan Traxler. Welcome to the Atlanta Sea Colony live stream, coming live from my basement and his bedroom, which is Atlanta Sea Colony headquarters, by the way. But welcome to the live stream, everybody, everybody that's with us. Brendan, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all right. And hello, Marty. How are you doing? Marty is on it today. Yes. So, what have you been up to? Um, I mean, since Thursday when you were on here, I mean, we have another COVID in our house. But other than that, um, first day of school for my kids today. Um, otherwise, uh, same old, same old, my friend. All right. Well, we've uh, behind the scenes, we've been working on our list. We'll probably go into that later at towards the end of the live stream kind of like what we were talking about on the thursday live stream yeah but uh i mean yeah that's we've been working and on that and I say, with that if you didn't catch the thursday live stream it's on youtube it's on facebook it's also on the podcast too if you want to check it out there so yeah hey glenn how's it going glenn man, we haven't seen you in a while my friend i know man where you been so um Today's topic, engineering. Um, well, we got so a couple, can... There's something else I want to cover first, though, before oh, okay. we get into that. Yeah. A little, little housekeeping is what you're saying? No, but I, there was some other pretty big news in the the ocean front was Ocean oh, Builders this I week. Oh, I know what you're going towards. Yes, yeah. go for it. So, yeah, so I don't know who was able to catch it or not, and it's still available out there. Um, but Ocean Builders, uh, Monday morning, showed off all the information about their sea pods. And um, let me go ahead and bring it up here so you guys can see what's going on, because... It was super cool. We are live, Ron Peters. Hey, Ron, how's it going? We're going to talk about Ocean Builders here really quick and what they're doing. So, as you can see, they've got four different models. Basically, they're the same thing, either on on water or on land. And then if you click on each one, you can reserve. So this is their signature series. $400,000, a rental for $5.95 a night, which is dirt cheap for something like this. Or... Yes. They've got this fractional ownership for $100. So I'm not, they didn't really go too much into that because it's still being developed. But you can do all these things right now. So they said that, or like I say, or the other one, which personally I kind of like the looks of it a little bit better. It's it's cleaner, I guess. But whatever. It's 300000 That was the same amount. And then the same thing for the ones if you want to on um, land or not. But we should, uh, we should try to see if we can get one of those guys on one of the live streams soon so they can kind of go yeah. in depth on some of it. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, but um, they said that if you haven't watched it, I'll recap real quick. They said they're only going to be selling them and putting them in, paying them all until 2024. That's subject to change for, you know, testing purposes, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I was 30 minutes long, so it's not very, not very long. They didn't really go into too much, but they, they did show them both in the water. Um, so they're out there. They're going to start rentals, I think, almost immediately. And they're taking reservations and start building them. And um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Lots of stuff going on with that. I thought that was really cool. And um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, but I mean, they have like, they showed like the actual one, right? Like not just the 3D models. No, there's they're both of them. They have the, the signatures here and the eco. They both okay. of them were there. Yeah, they're both yeah. built. They're both in the water. They were still working on like they, they were there, and like the internals were it's like their video, they're live from inside the eco, and you could see it was they didn't have any furnishing and stuff like that in it yet. Um, Babe said he's already watched it. Yeah, it's good. Good. Um, yeah, Ron says he'll take two. Uh, and where can you put them? So, right at first, there's just shallow water. Um, so pretty much anywhere it's shallow water. They said they're going only, like I said, until 2024, more or less. They're going to keep them in Panama. Once again, no hurricane issues there and stuff along those lines. And then they're already talking with other locations. Um, I think they kind of, there's a podcast that they're, one guy was on that, actually the guy who hosted the whole thing. Um, most of it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, he was talking on the podcast I just did with the Seasetting Institute. And it was kind of reading between the lines type of thing that they're working with different hotel chains, resort chains, and stuff along those lines too. So, but my doing the math on the thing, you get one for $300,000, you know, $600 it changes a little bit. But if you could, I mean, you can make your money back in a year on that thing. So... Yeah, that's. I think that's the most impressive part is because you look at these and you think that they would be so much more expensive than that. Like, yeah. for such a unique type of living, and it's decent living space too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's, uh, it's very impressive. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to touch base on that because it was kind of big news here that was going on this week. Um, you know, I'm sure it's been heavily covered and most people knew about it, but Still, it's fun to talk about. But yeah, no, otherwise, um, it was almost it was like the beginning of the month we did a, a live stream and we're and just general chit chat came up and we started talking about construction ideas and stuff like that. And I said, let's have a pod a, a live stream about it. So here's a live stream talking about it. Now there's several areas I wanted to break down, but it was um, the external construction, you know, the depth rating and how that that changes your construction aspects, the basic design aesthetics. Externally and in, uh, internally, um, how you're going to get to it, and then the other stuff that doesn't usually get talked about too much when talking about it, but all the topside support that's required and not required to do that. So, I think this is going to be a very interactive um, episode tonight. So we've got a lot of people in here, a lot of knowledgeable people in here too. So um, let's get to it. So yeah, so starting off, uh, starting into the. What you know in the past, almost all the habitats have been made straight from steel. Um, they're all cylinder tubes for the most part, except for you know, Cousteau, he had a little bit different there. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, babe's got something here. My initial thought is that they're really set a standard for the upcoming market, yeah. 
And they're, they've been talking a lot about that as far as um, there's been some memes and stuff like that they've been sharing around between the uh, on the seasteading stuff and ocean builders about um, pretty much that. Because um, like Adam and we were just talking yesterday, it's like, you know, people have been talking about, you know, doing this for a long time and, and nobody ever thought, at least, it, that it acted like it would never get done. And then here they are. Now, they did have a lot of financial backing, but they're very smart as well. I mean, they did the incubator which I think is really what brought a lot of the tech and the notoriety to it too, because they were able to build this sweet um, network of very smart people with all these different ideas, bringing their, their startup ideas to ocean builders. And so that's where they got a lot of the, like the toilet system is an incinerator that they did talk a little about, you know, now there's a whole lot more they did share, which babies all this too, but like the, the the toilet, like all the water gets recycled. The uh, the gray water gets put back into, uh, you know, it gets purified and put back into sinks and all that kind of stuff. The the black water gets, you know, the the waste gets incinerated and the water gets cleaned and put back into the the toilets. Um, they got a desalination plus a remineralization plant in each one of them. So it's creating all its own water. It's got solar panels. It's completely, it is what we strive to do underwater. They're doing there as above too. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Glenn. We, 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 we like to think so. Um, Glenn says you got a pretty decent group following you as, as well. Um, yeah. The difference between our following and theirs is, is they, they set up an incubator and if and basically, if you have a startup that you're wanting to, um, it's basically open license what you've got. You can come in there. You can either get funding or you get help from other people um, trying to uh, work on those projects with them. So they had a whole entire database of all these different ROVs and uh, smart technology because you wear a ring in the in the thing, and the ring keeps all your information of where you're going, what you're doing, and stuff along those all your presets. So there's all these different technologies that they're putting into the seed pods came from all these different people with the ideas and stuff like that. So that's really what, what helped them as well. Um, yeah, Marty, I don't know the details. Uh, he says, better be a very good charcoal filter for the water. I, I'm not sure what they're doing, but um, obviously they're pretty confident in what technology they're doing. My guess is it's probably something completely different than charcoal filter. Um and like I said, much. I think it would be a good idea to see if we could get someone from their group to come on and, um, you know, because I think a lot of people have questions like that, that may, maybe some of it didn't get covered in that, yeah. and, you know, and we could talk with them about it. And, you know, because like you said, they're obviously they're confident in whatever they got going on that maybe we don't know the details of. And what I like about, too, is a lot of the technology they've, they've now developed and stuff like that, we can hopefully license or, or use or you know, get a hold of as well. For yeah, because whatever they're using, we're going to need to use too for the most part. The only difference is we're below water and they're above it, um, which gives some pros and cons both ways um, for those different technologies. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's uh, very exciting. I'm, I'm very curious to see over the next year or so how this grows because they're already talking about, you know, down the road, what else they're wanting to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think right now they're going to be probably swamped with all different news because CNN reported on them. Um, 
And they're getting picked up by a bunch of different news agencies right now, so they're probably swamped right now with people trying to interview them. What's but up? I mean, to get on the Atlanta Sea Colony live stream, I mean, that's that's prime time, baby. Yeah, I mean, Marty's even been on here, so I mean, yeah, only only the best, of the best to get on here. Um, but no, yeah, if you have any other questions about it, um, let me see if uh, I can find that link to the. Yeah, here it is. I'll throw this in the chat here. Anybody can go watch the, the video there. Um, yeah, you can go watch that video and it answers pretty much everything I know at this point in time. So, <laughs> Where's this? thank you just for once, though. Um, so, yeah, back to. Unless people have more questions, unless we can always dive back into the ocean builders thing. But so talking about design of an underwater habitat and where we stand with the whole thing too, because really there's some questions that are up in the air on it too. Obviously, steel has been what's used for most of them in the past. Um, stainless steel, correct? No, because doesn't steel. regular steel rust? That's why you have to have. Uh, like what are they called? They're like the cathodes that sit on it that, that pull all the oxidization away from the steel. Gotcha. Um, I can't remember what they're called, they have a name. Um, that's what they've used in the past, or you gotta be able to clean it all the time. But yeah, stainless steel is ideal, but it's you know more expensive. Where steel is cheap, it's thick, it does its job. Is that is that what they're called? Zincs? I, I think I've heard another term for them, but that may be what they're referred to as well. I think that's what uh, Shaggy would say in Scooby Doo. That's is what, uh, I think that Glenn's like, yep, no steel paint and maintained, yeah. Because um, it's cheap, it's thick, it's easy, and it's readily available, and it does the job. Um, and there's not as many uh, issues like that. So, the steel is always uh, an option, but you know, there's so many different technologies out there. Stainless steel is also another great one because it doesn't rust. You have to worry about the weld areas and stuff on those lines. You keep that clean, you're, you're pretty good on it as well. Um, concrete is when it keeps on coming up over and over again. It has. Yeah, well, I, I personally like the concept of concrete. So this is something I, I have talked to people for 20 years on concrete. And I, 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 I just can't get behind it. And until somebody shows me really good evidence on why concrete is good, I just have a hard time jumping in the whole concrete and bad wagon. Your, your difference, I'm sorry to cut you off, um, with zinc anodes, yes, that's what is the anode aspect. Yep, yeah, that's it. Thank okay. you, Ron. Um, to me, you're um, being able to, when it comes to like forming your your design, you're going to have a lot more luck with concrete, um, and it's going to be a lot cheaper than steel is, because um, steel, especially when you start needing a certain level of thickness and the amount that you need, and then the fabrication of it, like having to do all the bending, the, the drilling, and whatever it might be, um, all the little things you're going to have to do to it, that's going to be a lot more expensive. However, I do think when it comes to, like, toughness, it's going to be um, better. I mean, don't get me wrong, concrete is a super strong um, substance anyways, but, I mean... But you'd have to have something pretty significant hit something concrete to um, 
to damage it. But the downfall is if something were to damage it, I mean, it cracks it open really. And it kind of like crumbles it in a sense. Whereas like, if you had like a steel structure, it's going to like hit it and it's probably going to put a big dent in it or something like that. But like I said, you'd also need something super significant to do either one of those things. Yeah. And, and so we have got a bunch of stuff in here about that. Ron saying done correctly, concrete strengthens over time. Yeah. And I guess. Um, Hold on. Let me mute myself here. So, yeah. So my, I guess. And I look at past designs. There were so many different points of entry or design elements. I was concerned on those gaps and how to seal those. And if there was a crack or something along those lines um, was my problem in the past. I'll talk a little bit why my, some of my concerns aren't as valid as I use once we're here in a second as I get through some of these. Uh, Glenn's like concrete will work with proper mixing care, a lot more upkeep, but you can let stuff grow on it. Yeah. And there's secret and that people keep on talking about. I've asked for people to send me more information on that. And I have yet to hear anything from those people. Ron's got, so engineering will be dictated first, whether it's ambient pressure, one atmosphere or hybrid. Also the depth of the habitat will dictate the engineering. These are too major for influencing the engineering of the structure itself. If you're going to make an ambient pressure or habitat, you can make it just out of anything. Right. And that's kind of one of the points I was going to get to as well um, later was that your depth does dictate what we make it out of. Obviously for Atlanta Sea Colony, most of them are going to be one atmosphere there may be some that are hybrid, um, but for but for the general, they're designed with the one atmosphere in mind. Let me put it that way, so that obviously the thickness um, and the hull integrity is going to be a little bit more stout. Um, when we start looking at, let me bring it up here, um, the the later designs, uh, yeah, here, I got thinking. This all external shell, the cylinder, could all be concrete because there's only two points of entry, which is both ends. Um, otherwise, there is no other entry points, no no other breaks anywhere. So, like, it would probably be very simple to for steel or for concrete. Plus, then you get your advantage of all the weight with the concrete as well. Um, so that's why I'm thinking concrete might work for that. Um, I, although I'm I'm still not saying that. There could be different polymers, different plastics, different printing techniques, 3D printing techniques too that could come into play as as costs come down. Because we're still a few ways away from that design there, um, several years away. Well, it depends on funding. I mean, I could be there tomorrow if somebody dropped me a couple million dollars. But um, so, um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think that's one reason why steel has always been used in the past because they were always designed for such depth. Um, as well and you know at first we're not we're not looking to go you know it's probably what three or four atmospheres at the most um unless there's some business application that needs to go deeper but for most people um but yeah that's a good point yeah look at underwater tunnels for engineering and glenn's got what uh Acre Golf Marine makes their own cylinders of 20 feet in diameter, one inch steel. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm still torn on it. Um, is there a right answer? Probably, probably, maybe not. I think it comes down to personal preference. Um, 
feel has been a tried and true uh, use of the for the underwater habitats in the past. So it makes the most sense. Um, when you think about it, you could almost com compare it to like the siding of a house, really. Some people go with like, you know, just regular, you know, have like wood siding that's painted. Some people have steel siding. Some people have the, the, uh, you know, whatever. It's not, I don't want to say plastic, but that kind of material. Um, and at the end of the day, they all work. It's just a matter of what you're looking for, for purpose, longevity, and like, you know, what, like I said, what it's supposed to hold up against and all that. So like I said, there, there might not be a wrong, I mean, there's going to be wrong answers. Like we're not going to build out of wood, but I mean, there's, there's definitely, I think there's a, a few right answers too. Yeah. And I, once again, I think a lot to is, especially if you go into mass production of something, cost comes into play too. Um, so, and, and the, the speed at which you can turn around and then maintenance on top of it too, because you're not going to want to have to be going out there. If you, something can last six months without being touched versus one month, you're going to want to do that too. So in that aspect, maybe concrete becomes the better option. Um, yeah, Glenn's saying too, yeah, cost factor will probably be a primary consideration. Adam's correct. Main materials will work. Just how much you want to down. spend. I'll take a screenshot of that. I don't get told that very often. Yeah. And I guess wood could work if you put lots of water seal on it. <laughs> Even then. Yeah. But um, no, so I say if anybody's got information, uh, you know, because I say one guy emailed me one time and he was talking about he had a lot of information about secrete and concrete on and using and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, send me your information. He never did get back with me. So, um, I've, I've, you know, I've read several different articles over the years on it. Um, yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot me, shoot me some information. I'd be glad to I've read it over. Envisioned. And I think I've talked to you about it before is like that, um, being able to, with concrete, I feel like you'd have a lot more, um, repeatability and manufacturability out of it. Like if you had like certain molds and, um, you know, depending on how you had your workspace set up that, um, that I think it'd be like when it comes to man manufacturing it, um, quicker and more repeatable with less uh, processes in it when it comes to like, if we're going to consistently keep building them. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say you can say the same thing for steel too. Cause I mean, they, so, and that same thing with uh, 3d printing, if 3d printing drops in price and it's, you know, you're able to do something out of whatever. Um, what's the cheapest way of going mm. and, and still maintain the, the, the safety element too. That's going to be the big thing. You can't cut costs and, and make it flimsy. So yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now is stealing acrylic for everything um, as well. So once again, for the, for full, the pure reason that it's tried and true, we know it works. We know how it works. We know how well it works. Um, so I think that especially from a requirement of getting it, you know, registered or anything like that, it's probably going to be easier to do as well. Less R and D on it as well. So, um, and we covered kind of the depth rating on it too. 
you know, when we look at the business sector, we may be going deep. It kind of depends um, for the leisure, the luxury element of the thing. If people, you know, for resorts, for uh, vacation, for private homes and stuff along those lines, you're not going to be more than a, an atmosphere or two deep. It's just there's not much people aren't going to want to go that deep. Um, well, right, because after so far down, it gets a little bit darker, and then that kind of hinders your view and everything, too. And especially for people for the first time, I think being that deep, yeah. too, it's psychological, too. Um, you want to be able to still see the surface easy enough. Yeah. It gives you a, probably a psychological advantage of yeah. stuff, too. But Yeah, if you um, were to look out and you're like, man, it's a long way up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of, so Jules. If anything goes wrong, I can hold my breath. I can, well, not hold my breath, but I can, I can get to the top, yeah. Um. Ron's like, yeah, we have decades of knowledge in building undersea things out of steel. Exactly. Um, Glenn's, uh, Glenn says, all considerations will often be dictated by the governing body that oversees the area of the planet you place it in. And yeah, that's, that's why it's, Yeah, that's why steel, you know, in my gut, is, is probably the way we're going to have to go, especially at first. Uh, um, Marty says, this diver wondered that a lot. I agree. What, what, what Glenn's saying, not me. I can stay down there for a really long time. Right. Well, for us divers and stuff like that, it's not a big deal. Uh, but I'm saying, you know, most of these people aren't going to be yeah, divers that are coming down there. Tourist. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the, you know, what's in the, the whole core and the whole, I, my whole focus behind Atlanta Cyclone has always been opening it up to the, the majority of people who are willing to want to stay underwater. Some people just are terrified of the ocean or terrified of water, aren't going to do it no matter what, no matter how cool and how easy it is to get in. Um, but the last thing I want to do is, especially at first, is put one more element of fear into somebody. No matter how safe it is, they're always going to be concerned. Yeah. And once again, you can have multi, down the road, we can have multi ones at different levels too for the person that really wants to go extreme on the whole thing too. And maybe it's one of those things too. I mean, where i mean they brought up a good point is that depending on the governing body of like where these things go they might be like hey we're not putting anything that's concrete out here or like we're not going to let you put anything yeah. steel or you know we're not going to let you put anything of this type of material out there so mm -hmm. then maybe it's good to have options with it too where it's like okay we can have a steel shell we can have a yeah. concrete shell and you know yeah having what having a customization is going to be a good factor to it too yeah marty's asking where the surface is just so we have reference um yeah are you are you saying that in general or he's just asking because yeah um yeah it, it will determine that as well what's ron got here remember that whatever you make it out of it will need to be certified if you want to get insurance exactly and that's why i was saying the registration purposes the insurance purposes of it um, are going to be a, a whole other issue too. And again, with steel, it gets certified, registered, insured all the time. So um, another check mark on the um, old choice for steel. Um, and like I say, you, everybody said you can paint it, you can do whatever you want with it. The only thing is the, the, the general <laughs> upkeep of it. And even then, that's been addressed, and um, there's technologies out there, zinc, like we've mentioned before, zinc anodes, um, and just general maintenance. So I think we have a winner, guys. I think we've solved the problem right here. 
but we have ruled yeah. out wood for sure. Yeah, yeah, and cardboard, um, and roomy for those who are not. So yeah, Marty's talking about the the, the where the distance is and, and big and roomy. Um, uh, so yeah, that's the thing also with what's existed before um, is except for Jules, which Jules was still pretty war- roomy, but everybody complains about. I've heard multiple people complain about um, Aquarius being a sardine can pretty much or being compact. And except for, um, well, I mean, Tektite and um, the Conshelf ones were, were rather roomy, but um, most of them have not been that that roomy. So, yeah, we got to make sure that it's, well, it's a, the, the, fin- the final version, obviously the prototype is going to be a little rougher, but the final version has got to be non-claustrophobic and has to be what people are used to on a day-in and day-out basis. Yeah. What's you got to make it here? just as comfortable as like a, a common hotel room in a yeah. sense because, I mean, something that people are used to. Yeah, actually, absolutely. Um, Babes says, I still have this picture in my mind of the cartoon character Buster Long with his finger in a hole in the concrete and his diving gear is out of reach. Well, I have no idea who Buster Long is. Um, and you're not that much older than me, babe, so I don't know what you've been watching. Um, but yeah, uh, Ron's got you can have steel and acrylic units built in the shipyard and float them out to the site and then sink them. Yeah, that's actually the, the kind of my thinking of how it will all play out is that, is that even though that one video we have shows them on a ship and stuff like that, I, I think we can float them out and as long as it's not too far out and just sink them that way. I think that's going to make the most cost effective sense. Because, I mean, it's going to be probably neutral. It'll be neutrally buoyant anyway, so it's not going to be sinking until you add the ballast to it. So, Glenn says, you guys build it. I'll stay there for the <laughs> first year and work out the bugs. I mean. Is, is your family going to be okay with that? Like, you just yeah. get down there for an entire year? They come with you? <laughs> and um, we'll have to make two then because you'll be, unless we're staying together. Because, yeah. I have had dreams of. Of sleeping in the sucker, so. But yeah, um, but yeah, depth is once again another issue. So, uh, one or two atmospheres. You know, we're looking at 30, 60 feet more or less. The prototype will be under thirty foot just to test out everything, um, and uh, so, <laughs> uh, what the heck? Glenn's bringing his wife. Never about that. Okay. And then Marty's got one here. He's got, I saw the picture of the interior of the underwater home in Hello Down. Yeah. that That's a, uh, it's very um, retro. Um, yeah, Glenn, I'm sure your wife would love it. And Marty's bringing his wetsuit. That's what Rod's got. Using shipyards has the advantage that the shipyards already have the knowledge, uh, skills, uh, slicks, um, slicks and equipment to build these things. I agree. I agree. I think that, at first, we're going to have to uh, down the road. It would be nice to have our own manufacturing facility to be able to build them, but obviously, at first, we're not going to have the 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 money, the know how, or anything along those lines to do that. So we yeah. will have to rely on on the shipyards to do that. Um, it's it's one of the reasons why we'll have a higher startup cost because yeah. like a lot of it in the very beginning is probably going to be have, have to be contracted. You know, like. You know, we can't just uh, right out the gate buy all of our own, you know, equipment and all that stuff to, you know, what everything, every little piece of machinery that you would need to make it, you can't buy right out the gate. You, you, you'd have to like, like I said, contract it and, you know, um, 
uh, have it other people put together some of the stuff for you that way you can prove it out and do all that and then it's like okay we can figure out the cost now is it something that is practical to build in a, in your own facility is it something that you consistently you know um like i said contract out to other places and uh, have certain vendors take care of it or you know i'm just looking at it from that standpoint but uh yeah at the same time you also want people that are um have a history of working on that kind of thing even if maybe it's not underwater habitats but um marine structures i guess you could say um people that have experience with that and have the equipment to to deal with that type of i guess manufacturing yeah and i see a lot of this is going to ultimately boil down to like with most things in life it's all on who you know as far as all that kind of stuff too as far as making all this come come to fruition the, the company I met with over in Houston uh, several years ago, the marine engineering company, that was one thing they were talking about. And, and using the seller services, they, they had contacts with, they have the shipping companies, they have all the, the everything. That once they get the designs designed the, to build the habitat too, um, which is, is a great selling point because there's, yeah, they're a big company and obviously they had all those, those things. Um, and babe, why are you on Facebook and YouTube? Um, but Babe's He's trying to get us more views. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, Babe says Proteus is going to set a standard for roomy if ASC doesn't. True, but Proteus is also going to be ambient pressure, and so you're going to be saturated where we're not shooting for that. And then on YouTube, Babe says, uh, talking about Buster Long, about being a comic strip uh, character based on real life events from divers and the things they face in the job. Uh, Glenn, we have several. Big rig builders in Ingleside, Texas, three miles from where I stay. I know some folks there that build the world's largest rigs. Glenn keeps on trying to get me down there. I mean, I, at this point oh, in time, I'm not, I, there's not there's not much Glenn can say at this point in time that hasn't proven the case. So I need to move to Texas. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Ron Ron says an advantage of building then transporting and sinking is that each unit can be fully outfitted and just connected when you get in place. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's um, yeah. Cause I mean, once again, that's a huge cost saving as well. Um, and that, that's kind of how I, I envision it is working is to use, you take it out there, you, you sink it, you attach it to the main, the main backbone or the main structure or the other habitat and uh, you turn on power water and you're good to go. Um, and, um, so yeah, I, that's, that's really the way I see this, this playing out from a modular standpoint. Um, and then in, in case anything happens to that, that, that odd, you can detach it, send it back up to the surface and bring another one out and reattach it type of thing too. So I think there's a lot of advantages. Um, it, once again, in my mind, there's a lot of advantages and a lot of cost saving by doing it that way with the modularity and the, the replaceability of it. Um, because it can constantly be upgraded over time too, uh, by doing that. And I say, if I, I always use the advantage, like the example of a home, as a home grows, you can add on more rooms. And same thing with this, you could add on more pods to it. Um, I've said, I think I said before, in my mind, the, the initial one has got a backbone, it's got one pod for living, probably another pod for like sleeping, and then one pod for all your, you know, HVAC, you, uh, 
energy generation storage, all that kind of stuff in a, in a third one. So, and he's got that back one that joins them all together. That's kind of how I see it in my head. But once again, we've seen that tiny houses can all exist within the size of one forty-foot shipping container, so we can make them compact if we need to. Um, and Glenn says, "Come on, dude. I just, I think I just need to take a, a vacation down there, if nothing else, just to hang out and see what you got going on down there." Well, you said you'd um, like to make a trip down there for when they do uh, the Starship thing. True, I can kill two birds with one stone. Then there you go. Marty says, I'm not going to saturate dive anytime soon, so tiny house looks good to me. I agree. That's what I'm saying as well. I, I don't... I, I I wouldn't mind doing it once, but it wouldn't be something I'd want to do for a long period of time, especially in something along those lines. When we're not doing it for scientific purposes, we're doing it just for general livability and business purposes. Unless there's a reason to be saturated, I don't... I, we can design around it. And they have designed around it, so... Um, one thing we haven't talked about, well, we kind of did, was the basic design aesthetics, and we're kind of getting into that now, too, as far as about how it looks when we're talking about tiny houses and stuff along those lines. Um, it, I think the, the biggest detriment to underwater habitats for the general population and to, and to other people is that you can't just walk outside. And I think a lot of people want that freedom. So you're going to have to have different scenery, different areas. So that's one thing with having a modular approach where until we're, until we've got the money, the technology, whatever, to build giant domed underwater habitats, you know, they have tons of space to, to walk and do what you need to do. You need to have exercise room, walking area, whatever, to let people, you know, not feel so compacted, stuck into place. Because like I say, if I had to stay in jewels, even as, as much room as they had in there, if I had to stay in jewels for a couple of weeks or something along those lines, you'd start to probably get a little stir crazy. And I'm a, I'm a hermit, so, you know, that doesn't even bother me. But I'm, I'm saying I think that'd probably get on me after a while. And I'm I'm not the, the average person there. So uh, most people are that will be experiencing these are people who like to get out and do stuff. So. Marty says, look up the Discovery Goon. Cove Lagoon Walk. Babe, haven't you done that? Somebody I think in here has done that. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty cool too. Babe's, uh, Ron says, lots of window looking on a coral garden. I agree. And that's what I think that's one of the things we'll, we'll add into the thing too, is the ability to, uh, you know, we have to generate our own coral or, or own lives, you know, flora and fauna and stuff like that. Get the fish to come in and get the, the beauty and stuff like that. And that's one of the selling points to underwater habitat is um sorry what are you doing i was trying to find something but i was trying to mute it at the same time and i couldn't do it sorry anyway we'll mute it next time sorry i was gonna i was later on i was gonna show a video but so i just want no, to we'll get, we'll get we'll get copyright infringed every time you show a video it's my video so we're oh, not okay <laughs> um so yeah, no, yeah, we definitely need the core out there, um, and it's one of the things we can use as too, as as far as a marketing standpoint of being ecological too, that we are adding back to the environment around us, which is a big question that keeps on coming up every time we talk about this. Well, people will send messages like, "Stop destroying the ocean; we already do too much damage to it." Well, we can use this to say, we're, "We're yes, we're going to temporarily disrupt things by putting this down there, but the long-term effects of what we're doing." 
is adding back to the environment and also educating people because they're able to come down there and see this on a firsthand basis. I think that is a, a, a value that often gets missed when talking about underwater habitats or, or underwater anything. And when you think about it too, um, cause it's, it is a controversial thing to, to some people. And to me, it's just like, would you rather be able to go out and experience it firsthand and be able to see it firsthand? Or would you only want to be able to, like, go to zoos and aquariums? And don't get me wrong, I love going to zoos and aquariums and all that, and they're, the good ones are great. Um, but being able to experience that firsthand, see everything in its, you know, the natural habitat. And like you said, that should inspire people more to be like, this is something that needs to be important. This is something that needs to be protected. And being able to, once again, build it the right way, we can make it be a part of the ecosystem in a sense, you know, like a lot of those will grow its own coral on it. It'll like create um, a, nece a necessary part of the environment for the, the marine life. Yeah, sure. When you drop it the very first day, yeah, it's going to scare them away for a little bit. But guess what? They're going to come right back and like within a day, you know, it's like this as long as like and we would never just be like, all right, let's let's tear up all that coral so we can bring this down there. Like, no, we're going to find we're going to, you know, be responsible with how this works. We've always said that. Yeah. And um, yeah, like Juan says here, the structure itself becomes an artificial reef, right? And that, that's one of the other things too. Is one of the other things I've always envisioned is is you would have you're going to have a TV in there or you're a TV wall that you can have ROVs that you control and you can go and you can you can look around your 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 place that you're living and see what all the life that's going on there, or you just have mounted cameras outside looking at different aspects of the habitat, so you can be. Uh, seeing everything, even if you can't see it out the window, you can see other aspects. Of what's going on? Um, and Babe's got a good point there too. By living on the seafloor, drag nets wouldn't be allowed in that area, and the sea life would be as safe. Yeah. Plus, you're not going to have probably you know cut down all types of different situations like that. Mm -hmm. And then Ron says, within 48 hours, you'll have fish moving in. Within a year, you have sponges, etc., growing. Yeah. 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 And when you think about it. You know, like you said, we've had people come to us and be like, oh, this is just going to destroy everything. Well, there's like a responsible camper, like the, like the camper campers that like will go out into the middle of like the, the forest to like do their camping. Are they destroying the environment? No, but like they're living amongst it and they're just being responsible yeah. about it. Like, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's the same concept except for water's involved. So yeah. Um, it's like the, the whole tiny house movement is very, a lot of them are very much trying to get off the grid and be more in touch with nature and stuff along those lines. And I, I think we're very homogenous with, with that whole movement there too, because we're kind of the same thing. It's, we're just, you know, we're not, we're just trying to do our own thing. We're, you know, yeah. I lost kind of like my, my train of thought went off the rails there a little bit, but you know what I'm saying. Um, nah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, once again, it's it's. I, I just think people are too narrow-minded sometimes with this stuff, and they they hear what the 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 news is always saying about how we're destroying the oceans and stuff. Yes, we dump too much garbage and stuff in there, but we have opportunities where we can do so much more and and, and do so much good work too. Even with at the same time of having fun too with 
with leisure and even with businesses too, that, you know, that is a core of Atlanta sea colony that we're not going to clear cut um, the oceans per se, as we do here on land. Um, And we have to be ecologically mindful moving forward. Not to make it a political thing. So I'm going to choose my words carefully, but it's not us that is causing the most damage. There's certain countries that are doing a lot worse damage. Like, yeah, like us here in the States and like Central America, we can do better. But when you think of like the majority of that pollution, it is not like the vast majority does not come from North America, Central America. It's coming from other places that have zero regard to it. And it's like, that needs to be accounted for too, but don't, we don't want people thinking like it's us that's destroying it when it's like we have a whole other situation that's got to be dealt with too. Right. Yeah, Glenn's got a good point here. He says, don't let anyone talk y'all uh, y'all are being the, in the lead for the future of Water Planet. Naysayers will always whine and cry how bad you're doing and something against what they think. If everyone stopped this journey due to what we, uh, we wouldn't be where we're today with the knowledge and responsible advancements. Well, um, that just reminds me of like what you and I were talking about last night, how there was a bunch of there, bunch of people that were upset about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like that they're spending money on space like exploration, and people complain about it. It's like it's I'm gonna glad be we don't know anybody like that, huh? I'm glad we don't know anybody like that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I know one, <laughs> but but it's the same thing. Like people will always find something that they don't or that they think that you could put your Oh, people always have a better idea for your time and your yeah. money and your resources. Yeah. And it's one of the things that if you don't like it, don't put your money for it. Yeah. You know, I, I have literally had people laugh in my face over this idea for years. And Adam has been there through some of my depression periods of, of this whole thing too. And just be real with you guys. You know, um, I take most news very much to heart when I see somebody else talking about what they're doing with the uh, underwater habitat and stuff along those lines. It, 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 I take it personally that we're failing, we're falling behind, stuff along those lines. And it puts me in a funk almost every time. So I try not to watch news, but at the same time, I want to be on the, the cusp of what's going on out there in this because I'm so passionate about wanting to build underwater habitats. Um, so it, it is a love-hate relationship sometimes. Um, but, you know, comments like that, um, Glenn, I, you know, that speak, that, thank you very much. That's mm-hmm. super kind of you to say. Um have those people watch sequence. Yeah. So um, Ron says researchers indicate that con- con- conservation term in conservation terms, damage is caused by transient people. Local people do more to conserve and protect the ecology because they're actually actually a part of the ecology. Exactly. And I said that's why I think that once we start getting more habitats in the in the water, people are going to want to they're going to want to take care of what they're seeing day in and day out. Right now, you throw a piece of trash out in the river or lake, it floats away, it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, but if you're faced with it day in and day out, whether it's your home, whether it's your vacation spot, whether it's your business, you're probably going to take care of it a little bit better. So, yeah, along with the same lines there. And Ron also says, we protect and conserve what we love and what we, yeah, what we feel a part of, kind of what I was just saying, too. Um, Marty's saying, why does he just hear the cartoon Sea Lab 2020 theme is head and just have those people watch Sequest. Yeah. We still need to do a Sequest watch party. Um, 
Ron says, you're not failing. People have wanted to fly for thousands of years. They finally last century. Yeah. Thank you. That's kind of, that's one of the things too, is I, I tell myself that, you know, when I was really pushing hard for this in the early 2000s, I'm glad I didn't find an investor. I, I'm glad that I didn't have the knowledge and reach that I have now because my designs back then were horrendous. Um, at the time, I thought they were amazing, um, but I didn't have a solid business plan. I just wanted to build an underwater hotel. Um, and that's why I was reaching out to people at that point in time. And over the past 20 years of just talking and networking with people and putting my, you know, getting in, you know, my, one of my I don't know, people know one of my past jobs was I was in IT and I helped start up an IT business and then helped run it for 15 years. Um, that, that business knowledge that came from that has helped fine tune some of the business goals of, of what we're doing and stuff along those lines too. So it's just growth as a person and growth of technology and knowledge has put Atlanta City Colony into the best spot I think it's ever been with a solid business plan, solid designs, and a focus on what we need to do going forward. So thank you very much, Ron. Um, yes, that's those reassuring words. And what Marty says, and people are bringing back the airships. That's true. I was just talking to somebody the other day about that, uh, about airships are talking about having to come back too. So like it all goes for, huh? Like blimps? Yeah. Huh. It, goes, it all goes full circle. Um, so the last two things I was going to talk about real quick were how to get to the habitat and then what we don't always talk about because it's not the sexy part of the whole thing is the topside support you know getting to it that you're limited either your scuba dive um, my personal favorite is a submersible that docks with the, the habitat or you have to have some kind of elevator or a tunnel system to get to it um, all those are, are feasible for different environments like I said there are going to be People who, go, no matter where we put this thing, are probably going to want to have the experience of diving down to it. So that's why I'm all about having the potential of a hybrid habitat that has like a, a lockout where you dive down to it, you come up in it, or you come into it as one of the, um, our, our members in their Discord was talking about how he saw the door on the end of one of those, which was meant to be a door that locks into the thing. But if you put it on both sides, you just walk in through, swim through a door, go in there, it pumps all the water out, and then you go in. Um, so yeah, you have an airlock. Uh, for those people. So some people are going to want to dive down to it no matter what. Um, but I think for the majority of the people, they're not going to want to get wet. So you're going to have to have that. that most people have, most of the other underwater hotels that you've seen out there, whether it's Poseidon or uh, Planet Ocean or whatever, they've got a elevator or I mean a, a stair system going down to it or an elevator. Um, personally, I think that kind of gives away where you're at type of thing. I don't know why I'm being so secretive about where my underwater habitat is, but I, I you know, it's a feasible option. Um, and, and, or a, a tunnel that's coming in from land. If you're not too far out and you like a come into it, I obviously want to go all sci-fi here and go extreme with a submarine that docks to the thing. But once again, you look at the space station and we're, we're basically mirroring what they do right now is you send a shuttle up to it, it, it docks to it and so forth and so on. Well, we did just post that article um, yesterday that they're trying to make like personal subs and stuff like that more affordable. Yeah. Like they want to um, make them more, you know, so they're more common and more affordable to people. So that's absolutely a, a yeah. possibility and not just the distant future, but the near future. Yeah. 
Yeah, like one said, it depends on the again on the depth and location, right? And so that's to say, you're not going to be able to have a elevator or a stair system on one that's, I mean, I guess you could 100 feet down, but nobody's going to want to climb that sucker. Um, so that's where you come into um, submersible is almost you know, or, or a tunnel system with like a, a, a hyperloop or a tram system or something like that's going down to it. Once again, that's a huge investment uh, versus yeah. a a million dollar um, submarine um, that's just retrofitted with a docking collar on it type of thing. Um, yeah, like Mar- uh, Marty says, like a Trident submarine, they're one um, that makes some really good ones like that as well. Uh, Glenn's got, we have many folks that have made their own personal submarines more than you think. Right, there's a huge community of that. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the names that are off the top of my head, but yeah, um, that have made submarines you know look at doc row um and you, that he made the the vash the the bionic dolphin um and some other people like that the um you know graham hawks deep flight uh, stuff along those lines ron says top site support can be done in several ways traditionally a boat or floating platform top side near the site works yeah so you look at um, here, you got more. If you're near shore, you could base your support on land and run umbilical to the habitat. Yeah, Glenn Hank Bronx one that I was thinking of. Uh, so yeah, run, um, 100%. Uh, that's what I'm thinking, especially for the prototype. It's going to be close to shore. It's going to be all topside support. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that one. You're just have umbilicals running down to it, similar to how Jules does theirs. Um, uh, Ron's got another option is to use an old oil or gas platform set up near the site and use it for, I've heard that suggested a lot to even just build off of the thing too. your habitat off one of the legs or something along those lines too. Um, so yeah. Um, and then uh, it's uh, Aquarius that has like a uh, buoy sitting up top side that has a generator and everything on it for um, communication and, and power and stuff along those lines. Ideally, obviously, down the road. Once again, we're we're talking down the road. Is it generates its own uh, mm-hmm. everything? The only thing you'd have to worry about is your communication um, to the outside world, um, which they're and, improving on too. Right which now. they are. I've talked to a couple of different companies about that, um, the different technologies out there and how it works. So, um, worst case scenario, you run in a bill, you run a buoy up to a Starlink terminals floating on the surface type of thing. Um, I think 90% of the time I'm willing to bet that like for like commercial use and like recreational use, like say they're like at a resort or something like that, more than likely they're going to just hard line it to the surface. They're probably just going to like run a yep. cable along the bottom to the mainland because they're not going to put it terribly far away because they still want right. it close to like their property, obviously. But yep. I mean, you know, you look at like, say like your data center options, your, um, you know, research options where maybe you are going to be a little more isolated, a little bit further out, then yeah, probably your buoy option would probably be your best bet. But like you said, um, it would be awesome that further down the road that you have everything that you need right down there. Like you can do, um, you know, uh, harness like the current, you know, to, mm-hmm. to generate your, your power or whatever it may be to and then be completely self-sustained. Yeah. Ron was saying here, my personal favorite is the build 
in an atoll lagoon and base support on their shore and I'm running billicals. So yeah, what I one of my weird hobbies is I'm always shopping for private islands. Um, like I, I randomly like go check out a lot of private islands running for because I'm like that's that's the thing you buy a private island and just base all your operations off that and just then you you own everything it, it's all good and you're good to go. Um, so yeah, very similar. Uh, that is that that is ideal. Um, because it, not, well, especially with an atoll and so on, those you've got a controlled environment and a beautiful environment too. So um, if you know where one's available, I'm, I'm I will be contacting them. Now, but I will. Um, Babe says I like the idea of a retractable floating support platform, and that might be practical, but I think it could work as a backup system, and if not full time. Um, and Marty's comment here about the Starlink and our cell tower support. So one thing we didn't talk about is. Um, um, our, our friendship with the seasteaders um, and they fill in this gap as well because they're all focused on you know being on the surface floating on the surface and stuff along those lines and we've had multiple conversations in private with different um, uh, seasteading companies about possibly down the road some kind of partnership there where they're are tethered to the to the surface and we are there for whatever it may be whether it's energy storage whether it's um you just a, you know case of a, a storm they can come down there as a uh, you know like a, a fallout shelter not fallout shelter but a, a bunker per se um so there's a lot of you know once again a, a marriage there that can that can be a potential possibility too down the road um especially now with ocean builders um you know hey some kind of something there along those lines too. So yeah, um, I I think Ron keeps on hitting the hammer on the nail on the head here with the whole thing. All this is really dependent on depth and location with with everything we've talked about here, um, and uh, I think that's really going to make the determining factor on on how we move forward on a lot of this. Like I say, my personal is I I would. I've told Adam this multiple times. I'm a big fan. I lived in Guatemala for six years. So Central America, as much as I hated it being there at the time, it still has a soft spot for me. So it's one of those things where Belize or Honduras, because you've got the the giant, they've got the second largest um, reef in the world um, there, has got some ideal places for uh, putting a habitat. And so that that's really my, if I had a, a druthers, that's where I would put a, the underwater habitat. Um, put it shallow. And put it there for the get-go. Hey, Brian, glad you jumped in here, man. Um, Brian says islands in the Philippines are around one million, as well as some of Florida around that price and below. Yeah, I know it's surprising that they're not. I mean, that sounds like a lot of money, but it's really not that much money for your own private island. Um, and then there's some that you can even buy like shares off of an island for a whole lot cheaper than that too. Um, Marty says the water there is so clear. I'm assuming you're talking about the Philippines or F Florida. The Philippines, definitely. I guess it depends on where you're at in Florida. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was all my notes I had. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, there was when I was writing my notes up, I, ha I had a thought. Um, I forgot to write it down, so I, I forgot what it is now, too. Yeah, Mexico as well, Marty, is, is uh, clear. Yeah, depending on where you're at in Mexico, too. Um, 
whether it be Cozumel or something along those lines, get, getting rigged with those resorts and stuff along those lines too. I, I, what I'm, was one I'm, we've been talking about? Bon Air. Yeah, Bon Air, which is down off of Venezuela. Yeah. We've um, been looking at stuff around that area. and Yeah, they have a lot. Based off the pictures, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once again, and that's why Ocean Builders is down there off of Panama too, because of lack of hurricanes, which is another concern when building underwater habitats is we have to be deep enough to not make that a a concern or be in an area where hurricanes are not that active. So well, definitely not being sure you're anchored very well and Yeah. Because I say like Aquarius took damage when that hurricane a few years ago, that that big one that went by, I don't know what it's called. But it shifted it, I guess, and damaged uh, the one of the, the pods outside. So, I mean, and it's at 66 feet. Yeah, pod six. It's uh, 66 feet in water, so and it took damage there. So, even though not much. Um, Mario says, and make wave and current breaking reefs. Yeah. Ron's got... Uh, you would want some place that's politically stable, amicable, doing that sort of thing. Yeah, that's my only concern with Bonaire because it's so close to Venezuela and their government isn't the most stable. And um, that's why I'm kind of I'm really surprised, you know, that um, Fabian's looking at Curacao or Cur- yeah, I guess I say it, which is right there too, and right off the coast of um, Venezuela. Um, but once again, it's got beautiful water. Um, there, so that's a big thing. Um, so that's that's why I, I'm Belize is pretty uh, fairly safe bet. Honduras, they're doing a lot of good work down there too. So that's why was, you know, those, those governments are pretty stable for the most part. Um, Mexico, I don't have a real big love of Mexico for any real reason, um, but from a business standpoint, you know, I'll, I'll put my 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 by years of bias. I have to drive through that country. Um, aside, well, um, like I mentioned on the last live stream, it's like a lot of these Central American countries, a huge chunk of their economy is tourism, so like they're gonna want to welcome, yeah, something like that. I mean, that's why you know, on our list that we're working on, we we have con or like we're trying to work on contacts with like departments of tourism in different countries because that's going to be a key factor in a lot of things, yeah. And like Ron, Pease, the, Ron says, the Mexican drug cartels, yeah, they run the country. Uh, Might be a good way to make some money for the ASC is to be. That's it. We're, we're, that's it. Cocaine we're, smugglers. We're smoke, <laughs> smuggling them. Yeah. I, I don't hey, think apparently so. they've already been trying to do submarines. I don't know if you guys saw that a few months ago. That they've they multiple their, ones, yeah. Yeah, they built their own submarines to try to smuggle this stuff. Yep. You got to give them credit for being innovative, I guess. Yes. They got the money to do that. Pablo Escobar is in one of the Atlanta Sea Colony habitats. Absolutely not. Had he been alive, he's dead, yeah. right? Uh, ASC stash house. Yeah, that's that's our marketing floor right there. Yeah, Ron's loving that too. Uh, hey, you, got joking. you don't want the ATF to find Atlanta yeah. Sea Colonies. Yeah, however, however, you could have giant, uh, you know. Hot houses down there, since it is legal in most places, and grow a bunch of pods full of marijuana down there. 
or any other kind of plant, Brendan. God. Well, I'm saying from a, from a financial standpoint, you can resell that for a higher value. They can't like carrots. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Marty says, with my background, the cartels might have a long talk with me. Uh, I'm too late. I already posted it, Marty. <laughs> don't post. Don't say something live if you don't want me to post it. Um, we don't. We don't hear from Marty in a while. It's our own fault. I yeah. guess. All right, guys. Well, hey, yeah, you know, we'll stick around here for a few minutes. But people will have other stuff they want to talk about. Um, I was gonna, yeah. While we're, if anybody has any other questions, um, for those of you that don't have me on Facebook. Um, I was gonna, I, I, I was telling Brendan, this is like something that, um, really inspired me or like helped reignite a lot of the inspiration in what we're doing is that, uh, a couple weekends ago, not this last weekend, but the weekend before my family and I, we went to, um, <laughs> Ron, Ron says it's called experimental horticulture. horticulture. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, I'm not opposed to it. It could definitely Help fund Atlanta Sea Colony. But uh, at the Omaha Zoo, they have one of those uh, aquariums that you can walk through. And uh, I took like a little video of that. But it was just so cool. I love every time that we go there, being able to go through that. And it's just like, that's that's the vision. That's something that's like, it'd be so cool to be able to experience that like without a hundred people right next to you. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you can just kind of be able to just, uh, yeah, be amongst it. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing that, that doesn't bring me more joy than thinking about waking up to that outside my window. Sorry. I was trying to, there's the scuba diver that was, uh, cleaning some of those aquariums. That's pretty cool. I actually looked into when I lived in Illinois to moving to Chicago and, and being a diver in the shed aquarium, to do that, but I never did. That would be a, that would be such a cool job. I think so like, too. I thought so too. I wonder if they get paid well. I, I didn't pursue it very far. Sorry, I keep trying to turn the volume off. They, and while I was there, I was trying to do some like, trying to observe some of like the glass and stuff because Brendan messaged me. He's like, "How thick's that glass?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I'm like I think," but. uh I guess that's all the... I thought I had another one. Oh, well. Anyways, yeah. Fun time. Like I said, it's uh, cool to be able to... Um, I don't know. Be able to, like... That's all I could think about while I was there. I'm just like, man, this is this is the goal, is to be able to do this. Ron's, Ron's got it. Our brand we called Davy Jones Locker. Now, well, now, now I can't use that because you came up with that thing. But what about Mary Jane's locker? Oh yeah, yeah. Our our idea is better, Brendan. <laughs> uh, Glenn says that most of the divers and aquariums are volunteers. I did not know that. That's probably why. I didn't. Really? Uh, Marty is like Newport uh, is like that too. Yeah, there's more and more. Um, I know, like the Shed Aquarium added recently added. Well, recently, like within the past ten years, added a whole entire shark section where you can do that and stuff as well. You were a volunteer diver at one of. That what what? Is, oops, I think it was, sorry. 
Wait. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first, Marty, you say you was you were a volunteer diver, is that you're saying? And then Ron, um, yeah, um, you can build from acrylic. Check with someone who builds designs. So yeah, I've been actually been trying to get a hold. Actually, that's yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of one of those aquarium companies. Uh, somebody did hit me up on LinkedIn, um, and they do acrylic for a Triton submarines. I think it was. I need to look back. He, and he shot me an email. We talked for a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's uh, something I should maybe look into a little more. And uh, Marty was yeah, Disney's at the, the Living Seas. He corrected at the yeah, the Living Seas. Yeah. It was something that like when, when were you when were you there? Like what years were you there? And it's one of those things I got to thinking is like maybe next year because I like to go to that zoo every year, take my family there. Maybe like if I got a hold of them ahead of time, be like, hey, like is there a way that I could get you know observe some of your stuff like maybe behind the scenes a little bit and like this is what we're trying to do and I don't know maybe maybe uh, get some inside info on how they built it or who they had helped build it because i mean all that would be helpful yeah yeah maybe i will that's a good idea because one thing i had thought too was if you if it was cheap once again it depends on the cost and like that was to make the an acrylic box pretty much and then cover the acrylic with the areas you want covered up like the bathroom and stuff along those lines externally so it's almost all window and you just cover up the areas that you don't want being seen from the outside too. Oh, you, like, you don't protect have to it. Bathroom. I mean, you're underwater. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> Except for uh, the scuba diver. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty says after the Navy hitch, I was lockout chamber demo and fish feeder. Huh? Very cool. I, well, wonder, I was there. Yeah, cause like, I wonder if the reason maybe they volunteer is because I got to assume that that probably counts as a dive and like, true. So maybe I was there, just like, oh, this is I a good was there in '88. I think it was when I was there. Was were, were you there? I was only like 30. 10. I was not <laughs> 30 and 88. Uh, but yeah, stupid. <laughs> um, that's oh, so, but. Uh, Glenn says, if you show them your credentials, all the coins allow behind the scenes tours. You know, when you put quotation marks around yeah. it, you could, yeah, the cre- uh, you could, yeah, the credentials. Anyway, like if I brought a gun, like, <laughs> let me see the fish. <laughs> <laughs> and what credentials do you have to have there? Yeah. Marty says, I marked it as a log, as a dive, and time at death. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> marked it as a dive and time of death. And death. Um, Ron says some places do hire maintenance divers, paid but not well. I gotta assume it would probably be a part-time yeah. thing, just because. Yeah. It is. It's probably it's more for you know people who just want to do it for the experiential love, just love diving. And when we were there this last time, there was like. <laughs> Brave says the Benjamin credentials. Yeah. When we were there the last time, there was like three scuba divers that were coming out of the, the penguin, uh, exhibit, which was. Which was crazy because I mean they have like a big section, you know, in the front there. Well, hold on. I, I mean, I still have the video pulled up here, but like, yeah, this penguin exhibit right here. Um, mm. Oh crap! Hold on. Try. Oh, sorry. I guess I don't have it. But anyways, like you see, um, all this water that they, it's a big area. But yeah, like when we were there, like over 
towards the left, and there was like three scuba divers that were coming out as we we got to the exhibit. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they need a team of people there, but you that would diver. be cool. Just being able to be surrounded by a bunch of penguins and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Glenn says your info on Land Sea Colony, your resume to visit, sort of thing. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who you're talking to? Uh, Rod says, uh, somebody has to clean up the poop. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of penguins you saw in the picture. That's a lot of penguins yeah. that they have in there. It's probably a constant job. Because, yeah, if you didn't think how disgusting that place would be. Yeah. You don't have See, a real environment. Like I think it would, be, it would be fun because I think I'd be more amused by just being surrounded by the penguins. Instead, even though I'm cleaning up poop. Like... I mean, it's different than your dogs, you know, like when you're outside cleaning up poop after your dogs, your dogs are still like just doing stupid stuff. But it's like penguins, though, and like other like, you know, if you like had sea turtles swimming around you, that would be cool. Maybe you missed your calling in life, Adam. Professional marine poop cleaner. And Glenn says, and penguin poop is nasty. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's bird poop. Yeah. And they're big birds. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Yeah, I could only imagine what it actually smells like on the other side mm. of that glass. I don't want to have my gear on at all time. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe a couple of them weren't actually diving. Maybe they just had the stuff on. Yeah, this is the smell. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I think we're winding it down here. Thank you, man. It's been a good night. It's really lots of questions. Um, really good interaction. Um, thank you very much for all the questions and comments and, and knowledge too. Um, yeah, it has nothing to do with needing to breathe underwater. It's just in case you smell something funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, Marty says that's why they divers wear masks. Um, but yeah, uh, no, Ron, thank you very much for your input. you yeah, you've you've been hot on the topic, and I very much appreciate all your input. Um, you've got years more knowledge in this arena than, than I do. And, um, yeah, I, I value your input. So thank you very much. Yeah. It's been a fun night. Um, Brendan, you want to pull up the discord link quick? And Glenn's like, nice to see and hear from you guys again. Ron Peters is a great addition. I agree. Good to have you in here too, Glenn. It has been a while. Um, I'll run through as we're kind of winding down here. Um, yeah, we got Discord. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on. We have a lot of discussion going on. Also, we kind of have um, um, maybe next time we'll get the link ready. But uh, the C the C Study Institute has their own Discord. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. We, and we have like, and they will create a section about Atlanta Sea Colony on their Discord. So that was really cool of them. So um, they also they've always had one, but they got their own, but it was always owned by somebody else. Yeah, there's one that's on the topic of... Bye, Ron. Thank you very much. And now... But it wasn't ran by the Seasteading Institute. Correct. So they they made the decision to create one specifically for, like, the Seasteading Institute. Uh, But, yeah, so I mean, like I said, it's been very kind that they have, like, a section for other projects going on out there in the world, and they have a section for us, so... um, uh, obviously, just working with Carly Jackson is always right. always a pleasure. She's great to work with. 
Here's uh, the, the the link for the CSing Discord that I just threw in. Oh, okay, awesome. So yeah, Brendan's posting the link to the Discord for them too. Yeah, go check them out. They have a they have a lot of good discussion and everything going on on their site too. So if you're already a part of our Discord, go to that link and join theirs as well. Um, LinusCalling.com, guys. Um, as as per usual, um, actually means I have the thing set up. Let me just uh, share it with you guys. LinusCalling.com. Um, when you're there, you can uh, go to our social media tab, and that'll get you to all of our social medias. We got Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, there's our Discord link right there. Our YouTube podcast and the TikTok. All those crazy kids and their TikToks. Um, obviously ours aren't us dancing or lip syncing to things, but, uh, we do post some stuff on there. Brandon, if we let Marty take control, it would be. Yeah. Well, we're going to let Marty do some dancing and all that. Um, also, um, lastycolony.com slash merch. That's right there on our, our page too. Actually, I'm going to back up real quick, uh, just cause I always like to shout it out. The resources page, um, yeah. there's podcasts that you can listen to the seasteading today, um, about a month ago now. Uh, about three weeks ago, give or take, Brendan's episode with them came out. Um, so check them out. They And they just had someone from the Ocean Builders on there yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, check them out over there. Um, a lot of cool podcasts right over here. Um, also some books, um, YouTube channels. There's some live underwater cams, too. Um, if there's something that you guys think of, uh, send it to yeah. me and Brendan. And, uh, like, you know, if there's good podcasts or books or something like that. Be uh yeah, just let us know and we uh, we'll probably throw it up there for you. Um, sorry, back to the merch thing. Um, talking about maybe some changes in the future here. We are. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. But until then, you can still go to the AtlanticColony.com/slash/merch. Find some cool gear over there. I've talked about it last time. We have these Aquanaut. Um, uh, that's the new kind of design is these Aquanaut ones. And if you have a baby coming, it's not, it's baby not the newest design. You keep on saying that it's not the newest design. Which one is the newest design? The Atlanta Sea Colony, the vertical Atlanta Sea Colony. On the joggers? Oh, no, on the shirts and everything else like that. It's on the Why shirts. am I not seeing that one? It's black. It's, it's probably that one right there. Oh. Okay. Yeah, why is it only showing the back? We need to fix that. Anyways, Um. so yeah, there, sorry. It's... The no, you're fine. I like give you a hard time about it. Second to second to last uh, newest design. Anyways, uh, so check out all that stuff. Like I said, we're gonna have some changes in the future that might have some um, different options and uh, I think some better options too. Better options, yeah. yeah. Um, so Brendan is working on that, um, doing some comparing and uh, making sure he's got everything figured out with that. Um. Partnerships. Is this the one? Yes. P partnerships. Uh, this is where we'll talk about. Uh, so we do the PayPal. If you want to do a one-time donation to help us out, we greatly appreciate that. You can go to the website, click this PayPal. That'll send you to paypal.me slash Atlanta Sea Colony. And you can send whatever dollar amount you want. If you just want to make a one-time donation, appreciate it. Um, we also have the Patreon. You can do the patreon.com slash Atlanta Sea Colony. we got our patrons there. At the shark tier, we have Edward Haas and Brian Acosta. At the octopus tier, we have Matthew Cathy. And at the manta tier, we have Martin Reese, S. Babe Hyde, and yours truly right there. Um, so thank you all the patrons for helping us out there. Um, but yeah, so like that's like a monthly basis thing. Um, wondering, will it pop up? 
Um, I never have the thing, but we have the three different tiers that you can. Yeah. But we have like special discussions and stuff on there, special live streams. And we probably need to have one this Saturday. Honestly, we're due for one. Yeah, we we try to yeah around this time like what the third basically kind of like the third weekend mm-hmm. of the month we try to do like a um, Patreon exclusive live stream. So it's a good way to do that and be a part of that. Um, other than that, I don't have anything else to throw in there. Uh, like we said, guys, check out the OceanBuilders.com website. Check out all the stuff they have going on. Brendan posted the link earlier to that video, their demo video that they have. Um, Check out the discords, both ours and the Seasteading Institutes. Um, and yeah, we'll. I'm assuming we'll probably be back in another two weeks, right? Probably. That seems to kind. Of, that's kind of our pace now. Is like every other week we do one, and then, like we said, we do the once a week Patreon only live stream. Once, so once a month. What did I just say? Once a week. Sorry, once a month. Sorry, uh, live stream there. So. Once again, guys, thanks for coming in. It was a fun night. We had a lot of good discussion, had a lot of conversation. So makes me feel feel good when I get this many people in here and get this dialogue going. Yeah, having some solid discussion, having a good time. So until uh, next time, thank you guys for joining. Stay safe and have fun.